And we join in the line now by our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Does this mean you'll be releasing an album anytime soon? Ah, ah. You are <laughs> You are the master of deflection. I thought you were gonna talk about pirates. The only thing I saw when I when I watched the news this morning, I saw Dan Malisela doing a sprint down the touchline there. What happened? I I'm lost for words, my friend. Okay. I can't answer to those things. You know what? The way he was dancing, really. they called him Dead Dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, commiserations there. The Asian equities, yeah, uh, they fell yeah. towards a one month low after a raft of disappointing company earnings in Japan. And the US also, uh, Clive, uh, that curbed demand for riskier assets, I believe. Really, Sakina, this is becoming a bit more uh, complicated than I thought. You know, that we, we started to see uh, even the companies that we trusted, uh, Toyota Motor Corp, uh, Bridgestone uh, Corporation, were the two biggest drivers of losses uh, in the Japanese topics uh, yesterday after disappointing profit announcements. And if we looked at the Australian dollar as well, that slipped away from a two-month low. And the Chinese yuan weakened uh, for the third time in four days. So it continues this uh, bubbling under in situation which is that um, the world economy is under a lot of pressure. When you see companies that have been tried and tested, they've seen it all, uh, such as these two companies, uh, really disappointing results coming out. And, well, there's profits, yes, but you know the market was anticipating that there would be better performances from these two. And so that disappointment obviously fell through to the market and uh, it started to make it very, very difficult for investors to trust again, to believe that they can go back into uh, riskier assets. Uh, there's pessimism over the global economy, outlook as mentioned. Uh, concern over central banks' firepower are uh, already keeping investors uh, on 10 topics. So all these things are creating an unconducive environment for riskier assets. And so the people are starting to go back to the, to the things that they think that will actually protect them uh, uh, in the short term. And so um, they are going into things such as uh, 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 corporate bonds and government bonds. Uh, they're looking alternatives into which metals are actually uh, more viable. They tend to go back into things such as gold. Uh, it, 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 it shows uh, uncertainty from the investor side to Kina, and so they're retreating. The MSCI Asia-Pacific uh, slipped down uh, by 0.3% early hours of this morning. Uh, we also saw the Shanghai Composite also uh, following suit, uh, down by 0.4%. Even the Hong Kong um, Hang Seng as well coming down there by 0.48%. So it's not been a good day for the equity market at all. And then um, the Vodacom overtaking MTN as Africa's biggest mobile phone company. Tell us about that. So, you, know, I, I, you know, you know what, what's going to be the reason behind it. Mm. You know the six-month battle that's been going on with the Nigerian authorities over payment of the record fine has cost them a lot. MTN. And um, if, if you looked at yesterday on the JSE, um, um, what we talk about here, what we're referring to here, is the market capitalization. Um, we saw that uh, MTN's market capitalization of 244 billion rand at the market close yesterday. Uh, it was trailing Vodacom, which was sitting at 249 billion rand. So it's overtook, it's overtook them. And so it has uh, actually become number one. Vodacom now leads 
in terms of market capitalization. I, I think the important story to tell here is that MCN has had this uh, lead for more than seven years. Uh, it started to decline, I think it was back in 2014, that we saw the first time uh, market cap favoring Vodacom over MCN. And then they regained their status again. Uh, the shares have declined. Uh, since, if you remember, the, the shares have been declining since uh, October uh, last year. Uh, when the record of uh, 5.2 billion, uh, the Nigerian fine that was supposed, even though it was reduced. But people don't like uncertainty, Sakina, and I just want to emphasize that. You know that there is no uh, chief executive at the moment. We've got an interim uh, chief executive. Um, and also the problem is that uncertainty is hanging over his head with regards to whether they're not they're going to be paying uh, the fine um, uh, by the, for the Nigerian authorities. Um, and then the market needs to know whether the next year, who the next CEO will be. Uh, but most importantly, the market needs to be uh, updated on the fine negotiations, and there has been no progress whatsoever. Uh, and so the market is not happy with MTN at the moment, and that's why Vodacom has overtaken them uh, in terms of market capitalization. And it's a Thursday, and I'm struggling to get used to the idea that it's Thursday today. I don't know why, but uh, we have an investment theme. And looking at the significance of South Africa falling to third in uh, in Africa as an economy. Well, I'm very controversial when it comes to these kind of things, Akira. And it's because of my, um, uh, my belief that uh, data is very relative. So depending on how you want to read it and how you want to calculate it, it gives you a different spanner. And that's what economists do. We read, econ- we read data differently based on whether we want it to support our beliefs or whether we want it to, uh, uh, to support other beliefs. Um, and so is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? So if you look, for example, at these countries, you look at Nigeria, you look at Egypt, you look at South Africa, as you look at the competitive edge and you look at the systems themselves and the fact that uh, South African JFE is the biggest uh, um, uh, um, um, uh, exchange on the, con- on the continent. You look at the financial models, uh, that uh, we've got the strongest financial models uh, in the, on the continent by far. Uh, you look at where do we draw our GDP. So if you look at the pockets of the market that we use, the basket of, uh, uh, of, of the uh, data that we collect, to calculate our GDP hasn't changed over the last 22 years. And these two countries have literally changed the way that they calculate their GDP. And that's what the WEF and the IMF is reading upon. So if we're prepared as well, if you want us to be number one again and we want to recalculate how we, uh, our pockets of the economy are calculated, we can also do that tomorrow. And it could have a different uh, uh, outcome. It could mm. show that we are number one again. So we have to be very careful how we read into these, uh, uh, into these uh, uh, data, into this data, because it could be that, in actual fact, uh, there's not much of a difference. It's just a matter of uh, pockets of the economies that have opened in these other countries because they come from a low base and might have made them look much stronger and much more attractive as opposed to South Africa. But I can tell you now, any investor in the world who wants to penetrate the African continent does not think twice about thinking about the financial capabilities that the South African market has to offer, the competitiveness and the trusted legal authorities and the financial systems that we have, top-notch in the world. And so, without shed of a doubt, you first want to look at South Africa and then see how you can penetrate the rest of the African market. And that, for me, is what leads to what we call the number one status, the gateway to the African market. Thank you so much, our marks analyst Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela going to work on his music album.